And welcome back to Power Hour, your weekly live mastermind, where we help you level up in business and life by bringing on amazing leaders in their field to give us their tips and strategies for exactly how to do that. So good morning, guys. Good morning, Dan and Aaron. How's everybody doing? Aaron, are you surviving the storm happening down there in Texas? What's going on? We are. And I just saw uh, Paul Haggerty also. He's in McKinney, Texas. And he's like, we're under siege of ice. And I'm like, I feel you. So yeah, like we're not used to this, guys. <laughs> so we have some snow, some sleet, some ice happening um, down here in uh, Texas. And so we're all the, everything's shut down. The whole state. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, but we're doing good. We're doing good. Good. How about you? Get home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, does it impact my day at all? So. <laughs> and that's why we love being virtual. Yeah. Well, I hope that there's some good sledding in your future and, uh, and no slipping, <clears throat> no slipping either. Exactly. Well, good morning, everybody. Today, we're really excited to jump in. You know how much we love talking about LinkedIn strategy right here on LinkedIn. And I think for many of us, we have noticed things that have changed in the algorithm periodically, like most recently, polls. Polls aren't getting the traction that they did at all, uh, at least within the last couple of weeks. So we know the times are a change in. So I'm excited to talk this morning about what you can do to keep your content current despite the change of things like the algorithm, the market, things like that. So today we have somebody who is incredible. I follow her. I know we do too. She is the founder of the LinkedIn Academy, and she is somebody so lovable here on this platform that she has just absolutely exploded in growth because of the value she delivers every single day. So without further ado, we are going to bring on Selena Young. I'm going to add her to the stream. Good morning, Selena. Great to have you. Good morning. Hey, everyone. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me at the show, Claire, Dan, and Aaron. Our pleasure. We're so glad you're here. We've been waiting for this. I know a lot of people have been in the chat like, when is Selena coming on? So this has been awesome. And we see you guys, Brett, Reem, great to see you. Dan, chatting it up and of course, probably trying to figure out how to find the, the nearest Pete's Coffee in his town. So good luck, Dan. We are standing with you while you look for that cup. Um, Garen, great to see you. Andy says, good morning, Dan or Claire, which I think maybe we should start using as a hashtag. Great to see you guys. We're so glad to have you. So without further ado, Selena, would you mind introducing yourself and telling us about what you do and why you do it? Sure. Hi, everybody. I'm Selena Young, aka Your LinkedIn Gal. I actually have a podcast show that calling Your LinkedIn Gal as well. So if anybody is interested, feel free to check it out. I'm based in Florida, Miami. And in the past 12 years, I've been in the B2B marketing and sales space. And more recently years, um, in the last five years, I work as account director at LinkedIn Marketing Solution Team. But a year ago, I decided to quit that corporate job um, in the middle of COVID and start my own company. Now I'm the founder of the In Academy and focusing on only one thing and one thing only, which is teaching new entrepreneurs and coaches how to use LinkedIn for business and turn their LinkedIn connection 
into customers. That's so great. And so needed. I know that all of us started uh, roughly, you know, within the last five years, promoting our business and, and even figuring out how best to serve people right here on the platform. So I love what you're doing. I think it's incredibly valuable. And coming from your background working at LinkedIn, can you tell us a little bit about what that transition was like for you? Because first, transitioning out of a role during COVID is scary enough, um, but then starting your own business is like a whole other level. So can you kind of walk us through what that was like for you? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, starting my business is never um, in my plan. Like when I quit my corporate job is not even slightly I'm thinking to do anything related to LinkedIn as well. I just like literally start blogging and I'm not even enjoying writing. If you see most of my content on LinkedIn, it's through video, right? Yeah. And that's what I love to do. Um, that started like that, but it slowly got blown up with that blog. Um, and my ex-client came back to me and asked, hey, Selena, can you host um, sort of like social selling sales workshop with our sales team? And I was like, Sure. And literally next day I was Googling, oh, how much should I be charging? Because at LinkedIn, I can't be charging any of my clients with that. And that's how the In Academy all started. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Well, I know Dan, you know, we Dan just recently uh, was sharing a couple of episodes ago about sh a social selling. And I think a lot of people here in the chat, I mean, this is something that's top of mind for them. It's something they're practicing by doing every single day. So can you talk a little bit about where people are maybe missing out on this opportunity and how you help them to realize that social selling is really kind of mission critical here. Yeah, I think there's there's just so much we can talk about um, when it comes to social selling. Maybe like Dan could definitely chime in with that. But I would say, I would say is more there's a huge transition from mm -hmm. offline to online, right? And the way how people see things or market or a brand themselves, how they communicate, everything just shift online. So LinkedIn really provide an awesome platform to show off in front of like hundreds, thousands, millions of people that is professional, which is business decision maker on this platform mm -hmm. so that it's easy for you to do business with them. But social selling comes with, you know, building relationship. Social selling also come with a strong personal brand and professional brand on this platform. You can't build on like a rocky sand platform when you don't even have a profile. So social selling comes with a lot of different foundation before, you know, going full on telling people what you're selling, what you're marketing um, to the world. Yeah. I think that's such a great point too. Like, especially just with COVID, I think changed everything from a social selling perspective. Right. And I think, especially in the B2B space, there's a lot of industries that would really rely on trade event, like trade shows, events and all that stuff. And it's just like, that was no longer an option. And we saw this yeah. like great migration to social media and LinkedIn in particular. And it's so funny too, because right, like people have those patterns of like, they go to networking events and they sit down in the bar and they have a beer with someone and they shake the hand of the person next to them. But then yeah. they come on LinkedIn and they're like, Hey, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. And it's like, <laughs> no, there's a complete disconnect here. And people had to like retrain themselves. And I think there's Absolutely. a lot of people out there who still need to go through that process and understand that you need to have conversations and you need to build relationships with people online, just like you did in person, just because you're hiding behind your screen doesn't mean that the conversation changes. A hundred percent. Love that. Mm -hmm. So do you feel like the, the, you know, there are a lot of different platforms and ways to market and ways to, you know, 
connect with your audience. You've got Instagram, there's TikTok, obviously we're here on LinkedIn and we're also live on YouTube and Facebook. So hello to you guys too. So why LinkedIn though? I mean, I'm sure, you know, your, your clients are like, Hey, Selena, we can do all kinds of different avenues here, but why LinkedIn? Yeah. Love that questions. Obviously I'm biased, right? <laughs> I used to work <laughs> on the platform, but I, I would say it's the most less saturated social media out there. Um, and um, the power of this platform is really the, the audience, like just really break, break it down to one single thing is the audience is the largest professional platform in the world. If there's any business decision um, maker out there or CEO, they might have a LinkedIn profile, but may not have a Facebook present or Instagram or TikTok. You rarely see it, you know? So I think it's really break down to the audience as well as how they come on this platform showing up, right? Like they carry more uh, intended mindset. They're ready to do business. They are uh, ready to share the knowledge. When you're on LinkedIn, I felt like I'm I'm on sort of like a LinkedIn learning for free for all the time because you, you just yeah. learn every post, right? Like Claire, you post it all the time. Aaron posts all the time. Dan posts all the time. And I learned different things and story and journey um, from your career and also from, from your business perspective. So I would say this is the, the power of it, but what comes down if people are more wanted to use LinkedIn for business is really content because there's only 2% of content creator on this platform that is posting on a weekly basis. That means you can dominate the newsfeed much more easier than any saturated platform out there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, recently I was talking to a client and he says, Claire, I see you in my feed all the time. Right. And um, I remember just banging my head up against the wall three years ago, trying to market on Facebook because nobody saw my stuff unless you get into the pay to play game, which, you know, LinkedIn may do shortly. Who knows? But it's just a different organic reach doesn't really exist anywhere else. So so, you know, and everybody here, obviously, if you're watching us from LinkedIn, you get it. You know the power of this stuff. So let's talk a little bit about maybe some common LinkedIn mistakes that you like to help. Well, first of all, what are they? Um, I'm sure I'm doing a few of them. And then how do you guide people into avoiding those mistakes and, and moving moving into a better space? I love talking about this because you know, <laughs> on my live show, I, I always constantly talk about the mistake. But I mean, if you are having those mistakes, don't worry, just, just change it, right? And there are so many things um, in this platform, you're not really sure. I'm pretty sure I'm no expert in Instagram as well as TikTok. But as long as you're aware of it and why is it wrong or why it is it's a mistake, then change it. You're you're all good. I'll start with profile, if that's okay, Claire. Please do, yes. <laughs> so profile, I always say headline is the uh, one, 101 thing that I see a lot of people underutilize. They're using like just job title, boring job title, right? Majority mm -hmm. of the time. And there's like a roughly around 55 to 60 characters. You can show the wonderful world of you, right? Like when people are strolling down, they're deciding, oh, should I follow Aaron? Should I follow Dan? Should I follow Claire? They look at your LinkedIn profile photo, looks great. And then with a really attractive headline, they would decide to click on your profile. And that's what you need to do to hook them up, especially your um, your own own business. So I would say this is number one mistake that people just put their um, a title. And uh, for about session, I see a lot of people using third p um, third person perspective. I know like there's like CEO out there have you know copywriter 
writing that. And I just realized it's better to to write your own story. Who is better to write your story than yourself, right? Now, can I pop in there? Because yeah, <laughs> Dan and I were just, <clears throat> excuse me, Dan and I were just going through my profile yesterday. And it was like a light bulb moment. We got to the about section because I had it. So the amazing Claire redid my, my resume. Okay. She like took it from like dirt to like, I mean, no, I always tell her, I'm like, I don't know who this resume is for, but they sound amazing. <laughs> Not me. So anyway, so then I kind of took some of what she wrote and put it in my about section. So it was all in the third person and it didn't even dawn on me. And I pasted it in there and I'm like, this is gold. This is great. And I moved on, but that's not what the about section is, you know? And so then I, when I went through with Dan, you know, he was just like, where's you, you know? And I'm like, you're so right. And so I need to go back and, and redo that. So I, you know, everybody like go back and look at your LinkedIn profile. Cause I hadn't looked at it in months and you'll be surprised probably of like, oh shoot, <laughs> gotta fix that. So you're sorry, when you said the about, I was like, yes. And it's such an important part. Yeah, and, and it just make it much more personal, right? Like when you talk about yourself in your own way, rather than Selena Young is the person that have achieved X, Y, Z, like who cares? Like nobody cares. Like it's yeah. not like you're, you're, you're Tony Robbins or someone that's already very established, right? So I think, um, from that perspective, um, you can definitely use um, a not third, third person instead. <laughs> Last but not least is really about like niching down. I just see mm -hmm. like over and over and over again, there is people saying I'm a life career and wealth coach. And I was like, oh, but there, that's a lot. <laughs> like you, you help people yeah. with so many different solutions, right? So try not to serve everybody, especially for LinkedIn. It's all about targeted, like even looking yeah. at LinkedIn granular uh, targeting, right? Like in ads perspective, it's much more targeted in the platform really just pick up the keywords. So making sure you niche down and really serve who you wanted to serve. Mm -hmm. That's so important. I know that, um, Dan, you teach a lot about how to how to do that and also how to find people for those inbound leads. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, anything specific? <laughs> um, how about say, uh, you know, in my career, so first I was trying to serve everybody. I'll write anybody's resume and I love writing resumes. So sure, why not? But I did have a fair amount of people who would come to me in the chat and say, so can you help me though? I'm in this specific industry. So for me, it was niching down in that way. And then also that helped me to go and find people who I could feel like I better serve through that niche. So, um, but there's an art to that. There's an art to doing that and probably using sales navigator to do it. So do you want to kind of put all mm -hmm. of my random thoughts together in a strategy? <laughs> yeah. So, so I think, right. Like the, the best way when I, so when I started, I used sales navigator, right. Because it, it's super easy for you to, to say, these are specifically who I want to reach out to or find, and then you can reach out to them. Um, however, once you start producing content, you can actually generate interest, right? It, it gives you a leg up because you're not reaching out to someone cold. You're actually going out there, putting yourself out there, and then you can follow up with people and, and bring them into you. So um, I think when you are not specific on your niche, when you don't know exactly who your audience is, your content starts to become all over the place, right? So then when people see it, they might, one post might resonate with them, but that's not enough for them to reach out. And then they see the next post and the next post, and it's completely irrelevant for them. And it and then they just shut down and you're not gonna hear from them again. So so really knowing who, who you're serving and how you do so and 
internally helps you produce better content as a result, which attracts more people to you, which makes it easier for you to start a conversation with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so, that's such a great point because otherwise, you know, we can be really throwing spaghetti at the wall. And we all know that and everybody in the chat, I know here too, we've got some really wonderful people who've got their own businesses and are also focused on their content in the chat too. So they know niching is the way niching is the way to go, but you guys bring up an excellent point um, to go back to, you know, creating and, and refining that about section. What I found is that marketing is not stagnant. It's not something we figure out two years ago and we stick with the same strategy for the next 10 years. Like, frankly, if we're not, like you said, Selena, learning from everybody and, and who we see online, Dan, if we're not, you know, talking to those ideal clients and really digging for those pain points and better understanding them or, you know, Aaron, like Aaron takes what they're thinking and puts it into words, but that's a constant evolution, you know, and I feel like, um, Sometimes I, you know, I feel like, you know, we get this great marketing plan down. It works for a while, but we got to remember that it's fluid. So it's always got to change. So how often, Selena, do you have your clients do like a, like a social audit, you know, and go back to that marketing plan and, and kind of revisit it and refresh it? Is there a, yeah. is there a timeline? Yeah. I, I love what you're talking about earlier. Like I, what I like to put this is carrying on um, scientist mindset, right? Like mm -hmm. you change things, you really look at the data data won't lie and if you see different posts is how they respond from your audience you know specifically that post really pinned to some of the pain point that um they might be seeing or they might be facing just like what dan said earlier right like if you're very niche down the way how you communicate how you channel out your conversation or your content it's much more easier but I would say review that every month if you can, but if you cannot, then three months is a really good time, like quarterly, just looking at your data, looking at which posts really perform well, as well as the uh, format as well. Because I I recently discovered that there's two ways, right? Like for from a content creator perspective, you like to post your favorite, most preferred content, but for your audience, there's also the preferred um, digestible type of content as well, whether it's video, whether it's long form article, whether it's like popos, we talk about it right before the show, like things like yeah. that, right? Um, in order for them to digest the content. So really reviewing that, we're um, doubling down things that really work for you and yeah. also remove things that is not working. Yeah. I think so that's super important. Go ahead, Erin. Go ahead, Okay. Uh, I think that's super important, right? Like exactly like you said, I think that do, do your homework and, and look at the results, see, see what's working well for you and what's not working. And like 90% of what you should do should be based on those results. But I like to reserve at least 10, like maybe 15% to really just experiment exactly like you said, right? Like have that scientist mindset, do stuff that, that like, if the data tells you to do this, cool, do that most of the time, but then go against the grain for the rest of it for that small portion, because then that's when you learn new things, right? That's like, cause if you, if you stay in your lane, you're saying, all right, I'm hundred percent going to do what the data tells me, then now you're locked into this. And then you're not seeing what results are. You're only going to see it if, if it stops underperforming and then you're like, all right, well now I need to change it. But then you don't have any data on other points to be able to guide you in which direction you need to go. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, in the chat here, uh, let's see who was just talking about it. Just mentioned using your fastball. Okay. Brett, Brett says it's cool to go with your fastball, but you've got to have a variety of pitches in your toolbox. And I love that idea because Absolutely. you know how better to even figure out what those other pitches are if, you know, then using this kind of scientist mindset yeah. where you try things out. So Aaron, what were you going to add before? 
so <clears throat> once they've optimized their profile and they're not making those mistakes anymore, what about creating content? Like what mistakes are you seeing people make when they're creating content for their mm -hmm. posts and that sort of a thing? And how can we avoid those? <laughs> yeah, I love that question, Eric. And in fact, I would say that for people that is not creating content, because <laughs> <laughs> you know, with the percentage that I share, it's there's so much lurker, there's so much bystander, but the opportunity is really lies of that 98%. And so my question is, why not? Why start cr not creating content? But I think majority of the time, it comes down to two things, which is majority of my clients come to me and very scared about. One is something I don't know what to talk about. I'm no expert in anything. And um, uh, I, I might not have something interesting to say. You know what? You all have interesting things to say. You can talk about your story and talk about one or two years um, things that you have done and achieved ahead of your peers or someone that, you know, maybe go a little bit just like two or a few years later than you, right? There's so much things you can talk about. You can also report on things that you learn. There's so much things that one person could express using content. So I would say this is just put away your ego. There are so many things that you can express on this platform and try to find a way that you feel most comfortable with. The other challenges would be not really having a plan, right? When someone first doing something, it's always difficult because you don't know what's the A to Z plan. And if you have a very clear direction, which is the three simple steps that I teach my clients is first, you just figure out what you're very passionate about, things that you feel very good at talking about. This is the first thing, which I call the content pillars. Then you figure out the frequency, how much you wanted to show up for your audience. Like, is it one time per week? Is it bi-weekly? Whatever that is that you feel comfortable and stick with it. And then the last point, leaving is the most fun part, is to create. Create the yeah. content and blast it. You're mm -hmm. not expecting the first post to be going viral. This mm -hmm. is just not the reality. The more you do, the better you get. Yeah, yeah. When you I, started, oh, go ahead, Dan. I was just going to say, I always tell people when they're just getting started, it's okay if you screw up or say something dumb because no one's going to see it anyway. <laughs> Actually, a lot of people see it. <laughs> oh, no. You don't engage. I have a couple of clients that like just starting posting and they have DMs more than people engaging and just yeah. because of this platform, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but, but to Dan's point, just put it out there. You will keep learning. The more mm -hmm. that you learn, the better you become, like really. Yeah, that's such a, um, so my audience is primarily medical sales executives and, and representatives, right? And they are notoriously not present on social media. And it's just, they're really busy. They're working the job. They're calling up physicians and they, they either don't have time to be on the platform or, you know, they're not exactly sure what to say, right? Because we always want to be viewed in the best light by our clients. And then we always want to be real also. It's a fine yeah. balance. So one thing I encourage them to do if they're not ready to post yet is to comment, go find people who you feel like are those you admire in business or maybe physicians or products out there that have marketing teams that are really emphasizing the different values there and go comment, see what's, see what's out there and, and put your take on it because it takes the threshold to entry down a little bit because it's not necessarily posting your own comment, 
but you are getting seen and you're getting seen by the people who you want to be visible to, right? So it kind of serves in both ways. And I feel like it takes a little bit of the pressure off, you know, than having to think about a post. What is my audience going to think? Who is my audience anyway? It's kind of like a lower, lower barrier to entry. Have you, do you have a comment strategy for your clients? Yeah, absolutely. I think if if we go back to the niching down point, you have a very clear idea who is your ICP ideal customers personas, like Claire, yours is medical executive, then it's very easy for you to find them and search through the LinkedIn search capabilities and start commenting on their posts. People always love to get supported, right? Like when you have your first post up, there's a couple of likes, they always remember you. And that is really the best thing to do when it comes to uh, like engagement. Oh, thanks. I have a, there's a great, uh, there's a great question here. Patrick makes a great point. He says, my problem isn't finding something to say, it's figuring out the order to say it in. So what do you, what are your thoughts on that, Selena? I'd love to hear them. Yeah, I think if if you're talking about like how to structure it, um, I hope I get the questions right, Sara. Like I'm trying to find that questions as well. There you go. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> that's how I thought of it too. How do you structure the post? Yeah, <laughs> how do you structure the post? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, then I'll start with a hope, 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 um, hope piece, right? Like think about it. if you're doing tax polls, you have roughly around six lines. I mean, if we're going really needy, greedy about that then you roughly have around two to three hope lines to hook people on. Then the first sentence, remember, is needs to be a trailer, right? You want people to sort of read that on and continue strolling and then click the see more. And that's the see more button is where the beauty is when it comes to LinkedIn uh, sort of algorithm, kick in your content, right? So really think about that three hook sentence. But if you're posting multimedia, all you need is just two hook lines. Once you have that, then that's the main body. And that's where you can go. Why with the creativity, right? Mm -hmm. And what I love is just line by line by line, just because majority of people consume content through mobile. Mm -hmm. And this is where it's get very easy for them to see. And last but not least, end it with not just a call to action, unless you you really want to market and sell something, but call for conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Things that you can encourage people to get involved, maybe ask a question to end it with, or like, ask some somebody to do an exercise things like that i think claire you 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 reshare one of my um new years new me yes um, thing right like things like that that would really encourage people to sort of like join the conversation that's the way to go when it comes to structuring i hope that answered your question well (laughs) yeah yeah i think too right like as as important as the hook is to grab their attention, you also need to maintain it throughout, right? So knowing that in the meat of the section and towards the end of the post, you still need to make sure that you're set, you're being very clear and uh, being uh, to your point because at any, like any one of those lines can lose their attention halfway through, so. 100%. Mm-hmm. I love this uh, in the chat. We've got Josh talking about, you know, it's all so much about engagement. And Deanna had a great quote too. She said, it's a mix of engagement. You've got to post and shake hands. I feel like that ties it back together so well. And, you know, right at the beginning of this conversation, Dan, when you mentioned, like, if you're going to a networking conference, you know, you're not you're not going to be like, here, buy my product. So nice to meet you. That doesn't work. <laughs> so it shouldn't be that way online here. Um, so I think that we are every every week. 
the show goes faster and faster. I just realized we've got two minutes left. So I Selena, know. We are so, so glad that you joined us this morning. I wanted to ask you something we ask every guest every week, which is if you were to share something that you would encourage everybody here listening to do today that they could implement and move a little, move forward, you know, make some progress in their content creation journey, what would you encourage everybody to do today? Oh, that's so tough. I mean, just just boring one is to get started if you haven't started your content. But if um, based on our conversation, I'll be start really taking notes and analyzing your content. If you already started your content creation journey, you will thank yourself in one month, three months, and you're just perfecting and perfecting your content creation strategies better and better. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. You guys, if you're not yet following Selena, I'm putting, I mean, I know she's linked here, but I'm going to add her profile in the chat. Her about section is amazing. I know she's got some incredible um, offerings over there with her academy. And Selena, did you also mention a worksheet earlier when we were backstage you wanted to mention? Yeah. If anybody is interested to use LinkedIn for business, me and my team put together a playbook where I break down step by step by step how you can turn your LinkedIn connection into customers and you can check it out and start implementing some of the steps that we also talk about today right away for your business. And that should be uh, there should be a link to that in the comments as well. Thank you. Well, on that note, Dan, if you wouldn't mind taking us out, I've got a couple of natives uh, <laughs> <laughs> banging on my office door. Or Aaron, if you'd like to, to lead us into the thank you, Selena. I just want to thank you so much for being here with us today. Um, you're such a light. And it's funny, when, when I mentioned, uh, hey, Selena's going to be on our Power Hour, everyone was like, she is the nicest person on LinkedIn. So I just, Aww, I adore you. I know. <laughs> You're <laughs> awesome. Really say thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for your time. Okay, team, I'm going to mute and I'll let you take us out. Thank you so much. What, what does Claire always say? <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, everyone, for being here. Um, <clears throat> we know that time is your most important asset and we so appreciate you spending it with us. Uh, we appreciate the comments and love you hanging out with us. Uh, be sure to connect with and follow Selena. Uh, follow, ask your follow-up questions there. And um, we will see everyone next week. Thanks for hanging out. Exciting. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I really enjoy our conversation. Thank you, Selena. Bye, everybody. Thank Bye, you. everyone. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Claire. <laughs> Bye. Thanks, Selena.